welcome to Top 100 Fairy Tales, your pets, your kids, and you should listen to Lu Sen, Daughter of Heaven, a Chinese wonder book, a Chinese fairy tale, written by Nuprosta. Lu Sen went to bed without any supper, but her little heart was hungry for something more than food. She nestled up close beside her sleeping brothers, but even in their slumber they seemed to deny her that love which she craved. The gentle lapping of the water against the sides of the houseboat, music which had so often lulled her into dreamland, could not quiet her now. Scorned and treated badly by the entire family, her short life had been full of grief and shame. Lucien's father was a fisherman. His life had been one long fight against poverty. He was ignorant and wicked. He had no more feeling of love for his wife and five children than for the street of dogs of his native city. Over and over he had threatened to drown them one and all, and had been prevented from doing so only by fear of the new mandarin. His wife did not try to stop her husband when he sometimes beat the children until they fell half dead up on the deck. In fact, she herself was cruel to them, and no one gave the last blow to Lucien, her only daughter. Not one day in the little girl's memory had she escaped this daily weapon. Not once had her parents pitied her. On the night with which the story opens, not knowing that Lucien was listening, her father and mother were planning how to get rid of her. The Mandarin cares only about boys, said he roughly. A man might kill a dozen girls, and he wouldn't say a word. Lucien's no good anyway, added the mother. Our boat is small, and she is always in the wrong place. Yes, and it takes as much to fit her as if she were a boy. If you say so, I'll do this very night. All right, she answered. But you would better wait till the moon has set. Very well, wife. We'll let the moon go down first, and then the girl. No wonder Lucien's little heart beat fast with terror, for there could not be doubt as to the meaning of her parents' words. At last, when she heard them snoring and knew they were both sound asleep, she got up silently, dressed herself, and climbed the ladder leading to the deck. Only one thought was in her heart to save herself by instant flight. There were no extra clothes, not a bite of food to take with her. Beside the rags on her back, there was only one thing she could call her own, a tiny soapstone image of the goddess Kuan Yin, which she had found one day while walking in the sand. This was the only treasure and plaything of her childhood, and if she had not watched carefully, her mother would have taken even this away from her. Oh, how she had nursed this idol, and how closely she had listened to the stories an old priest had told about Kuan Yin, the goddess of mercy, the best friend of women and children, to whom they might always pray in time of trouble. It was very dark when Lucien raised the trapdoor leading to the outer air and looked out into the night. The moon had just gone down and frogs were croaking along the shore. Slowly and carefully she pushed again the door, for she was afraid that she would wind coming in suddenly might awaken the sleepers, or worse still, cause her to let the trap fall with a bang. At last, however, she stood on the deck, alone and ready to go out into the big world. As she stepped to the side of the boat, the black water did not make her feel afraid. 
and she went ashore without the slightest tremble. Now she ran quickly along the bank, shrinking back into the shadows whenever she heard the noise of footsteps, and thus hiding from the passers-by. Only once did her heart quake, full of fear. A huge bull dog ran out at her, barking furiously. The snarling beast, however, was not dangerous, and when he saw this trembling little girl of ten, he sniffed in disgust at having noticed anyone so small, and returned to watch the his gate. Lucien had made no plans. She thought that if she could escape the death her parents had talked about, they would be delighted at her leaving them and would not look for her. It was not then her own people that she feared as she passed the rows of dark houses lining the shore. She had often heard her father tell of the dreadful deeds done in many of these houseboats. The darkest memory of her childhood was of the night when she had almost decided to sell her as a slave to the owner of a boat like these she was now passing. Her mother had suggested that they should wait until Lucien was a little older, for she would then be worth more money. So her father had not sold her. Lately, perhaps, he had tried one and failed. That was why she hated the river dwellers and was eager to get past their houses. On and on, she sped as fast as her little legs could carry her. She would flee far away from the dark water, for she loved the bright sunshine and the land. As Lucien ran past the last houseboat, she breathed a sigh of relief and a minute later fell in a little heap up on the sand. Not until now had she noticed how lonely it was. Over there was the great city with its thousands of slippers. Not one of them was her friend. She knew nothing of friendship, for she had no playmates. Beyond lay the open fields, the sleeping villages, the unknown world. Oh, how tired she was! How far she had run! Soon, holding the precious image tightly in her little hand and whispering a childish prayer to one in, she fell asleep. When Lucene awoke, a cold chill ran through her body, for bending over her stood a strange person. Soon she saw to her wonder that it was a woman dressed in a beautiful clothes like that was worn by a princess. The child had never seen such perfect features or so fair a face. At first, conscious of her own filthy rags, she shrank back fearfully, wondering what would happen if this beautiful being should chance to touch her and thus soil those slender white fingers. As the child lay there trembling on the ground, she felt as if she would like to spring into the fairy's creature's arms and beg for mercy. Only the fear that the lovely one would vanish kept her from so doing. Finally, unable to hold back any longer, the little girl bended forward, stretched out her hand to the woman, saying, Oh, you are so beautiful. Take this, for it must be you who lost it in the sand. The princess took the soapstone figure, eyed it curiously, and then with a start of surprise said, And do you know, my little creature, to whom you are thus given your treasure? No, answered the child simply. But it is the only thing I have in all the world, and you are so lovely that I know it belongs to you. I found it on the river bank. Then a strange thing happened. The graceful, queenly woman bent over and held out her arms to the ragged, dirty child. With a cry of joy, the little one sprang forward. 
she had found the love for which she had been looking so long. My precious child, this little stone which you have kept so lovely, and which without a thought of self you have given to me, do you know of whom it is the image? Yes, answered Lucien. The color coming to her cheeks again, she snuggled up contentedly in her new friend's warm embrace. It is the dear goddess, Quan Yin, she who makes the children happy. And had this gracious goddess brought sunshine into your life, my pretty one? said the other, a slight flush covering her fair cheeks and the poor child's innocent words. Oh, yes, indeed. If it had not been for her, I should not have escaped tonight. My father would have killed me, but the good lady of heaven listened to my prayer and bade me to stay awake. She told me to wait until he was sleeping, then to arise and leave the houseboat. And where are you going, Lucien, now that you have left your father? Are you not afraid to be alone here at night on the bank of the great river? No, oh no, for the blessed mother will shield me. She has heard my prayers, and I know she will show me where to go. The lady clasped Lucien still more tightly and something glistened in her radiant eye. A teardrop rolled down her cheek and fell up on the child's head, but Lucien did not see it, for she had fallen fast asleep in her protector's arms. When Lucien awoke, she was lying all alone on her bed in the houseboat, but, strange to say, she was not frightened at finding herself once more near her parents. A ray of sunlight came in, lighting up the child's face and telling her that a new day had dawned. At last she heard the sound of low voices, but she did not know who were the speakers. Then, as the tone voices grew louder, she knew that her parents were talking. Their speech, however, seemed to be less harsh than usual, as if they were near the bed of some sleeper whom they did not wish to awake. Why? said the father. When I bent over to lift her from the bed, there was a strange light about her face. I touched her on the arm, and at once my hand hung limp, as if it had been shot. Then I heard a voice whisper in my ears, What? Would you lay your waked hands on one who made the tears of Quan Yin flow? Do you not know that when she cries, the gods themselves are weeping? I too heard the voice said the mother, her voice trembling. I heard it, and it seems as if at a hundred wicked imps pricked me with spears, at every prick repeating these terrible words. And would you kill a daughter of the gods? It is strange, he added, to think how we had begun to hate this child, when all the time she belonged to another world than ours. How wicked we must be since we could not see her goodness. Yes, and no doubt for every time we have struck her, a thousand blows will be given us by Yama for our insults to the gods. Lausanne waited no longer, but rose to dress herself. Her heart was burning with love for everything around her. She would tell her parents that she forgave them, tell them how she loved them still in spite of all their wickedness. To her surprise, the wrecked clothes were nowhere to be seen. In place of them she found on one side of the bed the most beautiful garments, the softest of silks, 
bright with flowers, so lovely that she fancied that mice have been waiting from the garden of the gods, were ready to sleep on her little body. As she dressed herself, she saw with surprise that her fingers were shapely, that her skin was soft and smooth. Only the day before, her hands had been rough and cracked by hard work and the cold of winter. More and more amazed, she stooped to put on her shoes. Instead of the worn-out, soiled shoes of yesterday, the prettiest little satin slippers were there already for her tiny feet. Finally, she climbed the rude ladder, and lo, everything she touched seemed to be changed as if by magic, like her gown. The narrow rounds of the ladder had become broad steps of polished wood, and it seemed as if she was mounting the polished stairway of some fairy-built pagoda. When she reached the deck, everything was changed. The red patchwork which had served so long as a sail had become a beautiful sheet of canvas that rolled and floated proudly in the river breeze. Below were the dirty fishing smacks which Lucene was used to, but here was a stately ship, larger and fairer than any she had ever dreamed of, a ship which had sprung into being as if it with the touch of her feet. After searching several minutes for her parents, she found them trembling in a corner, with a look of great fear on their faces. They were clad in rags, as usual, and in no way changed except that their savage faces seemed to have become a trifle softened. Lucien drew near the racial group and bowed low before them. Her mother tried to speak. Her lips moved, but made no sound. She had been struck dumb with fear. A goddess, a goddess, murmured the father, bending forward three times and knocking his head on the deck. As for the brothers, they hid their faces in their hands, as if dazzled by a sudden burst of sunlight. For a moment Lucien paused. Then, stretching out her hand, she touched her father and the shoulder. Do you not know me, father? It is Lucien, your little daughter. The man looked at her in wonder. His whole body shook, his lips trembled, his hard, brutish face had on it a strange light. Suddenly, he bent far over and touched his forehead into her feet. Mother and sons followed his example, then all gazed at her as if waiting for her command. Speak, father, said Lucien. Tell me that you love me. Say that you will not kill your child. Daughter of the gods, and not of mine he mumbled, and then paused, as if afraid to continue. What is it, father? Have no fear. First, tell me that you forgive me. The child put her left up on her father's forehead and held the right about her heads of the others. As the goddess of mercy has given me her favor, so I, in her name, bestow on you the love of heaven. Live in peace, my parents. Brothers, Speak no angry words. Oh, my dear ones, let joy be yours forever. When only love shall rule your lips, the ship is yours, and all that is in it. Thus did Lucien change her lovely ones. The miserable family, which had lived in poverty, now found itself enjoying peace and happiness. At first they did not know how to live as Lucien had directed. The father sometimes lost his temper, and the mother spoke spiteful words, 
But as they grew in wisdom and courage, they soon began to see that only love must rule. All this time the great boat was moving up and down the river. Its company of sailors obitly sent slightest wish. When their nets were cast overboard, they were always drawn back full of the largest, choicest fish. These fish were sold at the city markets, and some people began to say that Lucene was the richest person in the whole country. One beautiful day during the second moon, the family had just returned from the temple. It was Kuan Yin's birthday, and led by Lucene, they had gone gladly to the goddess owner. They had just mounted to the vessel's deck when Lucene's father, who had been looking off toward the west, suddenly called the family to his side. See, he exclaimed, what kind of bird did that yonder in the sky? As they looked, they saw that the strange object was coming nearer and nearer and directly toward the ship. Everyone was excited except Lucien. It is a flight of doves, cried the father in astonishment, and they seemed to be drawing something through the air. At last, as the birds flew right over the vessel, the surprised onlookers saw that floating beneath their wings was a wonderful chair old white and gold, more dazzling even than the one they had dreamed the emperor himself sat in on the dragon throne. Around each snow-white neck was fastened a long streamer of pure gold, and these silken ribbons were tied to the chair in such a manner as to hold it floating wherever its lightweight curses chose to fly. Down, down over the magic vessel came the empty chair, and as it descended, a shower of pure white lilies fell upon the feet of Lucien, until she, the queen of all the flowers, was almost buried. The doves hovered above her head for an instant, and then gently lowered their burden until it was just in front of her. With a farewell wave to her father and mother, Lucien stepped into the fairy car. As the birds began to rise, a voice from the clouds spoke in tones of softest Music, thus Kuan Yin, mother of mercies, rewards Lusan, daughter of the earth. Out of the dust spring the flowers, out of the soils come goodness. Lusan, the tear which she drew from Kuan Yin's eye fell upon the dry ground and softened it. It touched the hearts of those who loved you not. Daughter of earth, no longer rise into the western heaven there to take your place among the fairies, there to be a star within the azure realms above. As Lucien, those disappeared in the distant skies, a rosy light surrounded her flying car. It seemed to those who gazed in wonder that heaven's gate were opening to receive her. At last, when she was gone beyond their sight, suddenly it grew dark upon the earth, and the eyes of all that looked were wet with tears. Thank you for listening. If you enjoyed the story, please share with your friends and family. If you learned something, say it in the comment. Please review our channel and add it to your favorites. Tomorrow we will listen to the, another Chinese fairy tale, The Man Who Would Not Scald, a fairy tale from a Chinese wonder book. Thank you. See you.